0: Tagliato di testa, go, go, go! Il Magnifico, il Magnifico, il Magnifico Rettore! Live. Boom, boom, shake, shake, the
1: room. In the entertainment capital of the world.
2: What a strike, what a goal, what a comeback, what a game. There are no words to
1: describe it the TC Martin show jeux mais cette fois-ci il n'y en a pas it's time to get your daily prescription from the
2: doctor
3: TC
1: Martin
2: Now in. Like
3: like 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 Our number deuce right here. Monday through Friday, 2 to 4 p.m. Yours truly, Ballpark Frank Numchuck, pushing some of the buttons right some of the time. There you go. Getting the guests on. Appreciate Wayne Larrabee joining us last hour, the longtime voice of the Green Bay Packers. Even Frank was happy, see? Frank forgave Wayne for leaving the Bears to come be the play-by-play voice of the Packers. I don't know if anyone is forgiving T.J. Reeves. I don't know. I don't know. If... Get him for what? What did he do? What did he do? He was part of that debacle on Sunday night. That's a dealio.
0: Really? really? I, 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 what, what jersey number was he wearing? I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't, don't remember seeing him out there. Some
3: burnt orange creamsicle. Who knows what's going on. All right, big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright will join us a little bit later on in this hour. We get ready for some Thursday night football. We'll try to diagnose that for you between the Colts and the Titans. All right, right now, let's go for We go from one bay to the other bay, Tampa Bay, T.J. Reeves, the Bucs sideline reporter. What is going on, my friend?
1: It is always good to be with you, uh, coming to you live as the Reeves family is trying to garner some nourishment tonight in the McDonald's drive-thru. A free plug here, so you may hear some interaction with Mrs. Reeves and said drive-thru worker in a moment or two. I don't want that to throw you because you're a man that loves to keep the ship Right in the middle of the waters. I, I so do. I just wanted to alert you to that.
3: I appreciate that. Okay, but you know, I have more fun doing stuff like this. So, can you do me a favor and roll down your window? And when you get to the squat box, if you haven't already, can I place it an has order?
1: Already transpired. Ah! That has transpired while I was on the phone with Nunchuck, and we may see our food before three thirty Pacific time, but we're not <laughs> sure. Are you we're car number eleven? I will update you. Are you car number eleven? Currently, we are about six. I think in line. So maybe 515 uh, or... 3.15 3:15 Pacific time, maybe.
3: All right, so that's better than being Car 54. There you go. Where are you? Yeah,
1: very true. And so you were taking shots at me before I came on, and Frank came to my defense, which uh, that's more defense than the Bucks played against Drew Brees Woo! on Sunday night, by the way. Uh, my my question is, did you blame Larrabee for the Buccaneers annihilating the Packers <laughs> back a month ago? Did you did you blame Larrabee, or what's the Frank? What's the update? Did he blame Larrabee no, for that? Or there, he me for Sunday? There's
3: no blame because. I bet, on the pa- I bet on the Bucks that game and uh, bet on the Bucks this game, too. So there you go, my friend. No way. What am I saying? I bet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, so I blame you for losing my money because oh, I, bought okay. in- I bought into all that nonsense, and I was never in the game.
0: But, but that yeah, isn't his was, uh... fault. He had nothing to do with it. I know. And, and the defense I came with was a defense that the Bucks brought against the Packers, not the one that they brought against the Saints. No.
1: What defense on on last Sunday night? That's been the common retort for the last few days is what was that lack of defense the other night where the aggressive blitzing Todd Bowles defensive coordinator style just, uh, it never materialized. They let Drew Brees as one, as one media colleague described it, Brees was like a grandfather in the rocking chair, just chucking the ball around to whoever he wanted to. And they got embarrassed and hopefully it will, it will motivate them uh, greatly here coming up uh, in this game with Carolina to get the stink off of them from the other night. All
3: right, listen, but before we get back to football, let's get to some more important stuff here. I still can't get over yeah. this. That we're doing an interview in the drive through in some Tampa yes, we McDonald's. We are live Can, okay, currently fine. now
1: live in front of the window, and we're making sure that we have the order correct. Right. I cannot see the nameplate on said drive through worker tonight. Uh, at the McDonald's in North Tampa. But we are here, and we are shortly, apparently, going to get food, which I'm shocked and amazed by, by the way, inside of five minutes here in the process.
3: Well, what I want to do is is – Talk to Mrs. Reeves. So pass her the phone, please. i got questions for her.
1: Well, you're on speaker right now at the moment. So, ladies, you're live uh, in Las Vegas. What are you concerned about?
3: Hello, Mrs. Reeves. Uh, You're live on the radio now, as you you know, here in Las Vegas. But here's my question is, why is your man taking you through a drive-thru at McDonald's? I'm saying there (laughs) should be some better, some fine dining here. Obviously, because they don't have
0: Freddy's down there.
3: Stand by. Yes. Stand by, because... Ah. Wait, 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 I am talking to Mrs. Reeves. Your time well, is coming on. up later, okay? I want to hear from the the woman who runs this household as those fine beautiful twins.
1: Well, I I do have to say she's tied up at the moment dealing with said drive-thru worker. The two 12-year-olds that are in the back seat have veto power on dinner tonight, and they picked the McDonald's. So it is not my responsibility, Mm -hmm. nor Mrs. Reeves. Did we get everything in the order, by the way? (laughs) Las Vegas needs to know this.
3: We are good.
1: We are good. Okay, so the update is we have food and we have drinks. Excuse me. More ketchup, please. Yes, we need straws. Yes. We need ketchup.
3: Straws suck, so, by know. the way. Tell the tell the lady
1: at McDonald's. Straws suck. Okay, well
2: we we didn't get a chance
1: to tell her that. But in any event, the twins in the back seat have veto power. They pick McDonald's. Okay. so that is the update for right. tonight. In the situation, there it yes. is.
0: And what was on the menu tonight? Yeah, <laughs> apparently it's uh, quarter pounders
1: with cheese and uh, maybe a crispy chicken sandwich. I believe it is gourmet fare tonight. We should have gone. We should have gone to Freddy's. There, there like you go. Uh, like said. There you go.
3: All right, thirty eight to three Sunday night. I, you were there. You're on the sidelines, or you were in the stands because I guess it won't let you on the stock. Let you on the sidelines. You know, it's front, all it's front all row. Yes, yeah, front, front
1: row seat. Operational front, zone. Yes, right,
3: there you go. Do you move around uh, around the? Uh, uh, the building at all? Are you pretty stationary in your front row seat there by the end zone, or what? I can I can
1: go back and forth behind the Buccaneer bench, but I'm basically kept to that area. And uh, yeah, I, I had I'd not gone catatonic by the by the half like the Bucks right. had, so I was still able to move around. You were it was uh, it was just surreal to to watch all of that unfold uh, firsthand. And uh, you know, you start saying never's never before had Tom Brady been behind. 31 uh, nothing in any game, much less 31 nothing in the first half of a game. Never before had he gone four straight possessions to start a game without even getting a first down. So it was it was hard to fathom what we were watching. And again, hopefully, it was just an aberration, and the Bucks will be much better on uh, on Sunday.
3: So I know there really wasn't much ambience in the stadium because there, there there weren't fans there. But give us the the mood. Give us your excitement level at at 8.25 p.m. Eastern time that night, kickoff, and then I want you to move the clock forward here to, say, 9.22 p.m. Eastern time, (laughs) and then move forward to about uh, 11.15 p.m. when the game obviously was over.
1: Uh, Well, I can tell you that it was – Odd, Because normally for a primetime game like that, division rival, you would expect the 65,000 people that usually pack Raymond James Stadium for a big moment like that. And instead, you're walking around and there was almost no atmosphere. They did have some twelve to 13,000 people that were there, but it still it doesn't seem like anybody's there. And, you know, at kickoff, you're excited to see, okay, are we going to have a great game here tonight? Two Hall of Fame quarterbacks. So that was fine. But as you mentioned, long about 9.30 Eastern time, about an hour in, it was already 14 nothing, 21 nothing, And you're going, what's going on here? And, and really it didn't even take an, a, until, you know, 11. It, it took until about halftime for you to realize they're done. They're, they're, they're done at 28 nothing, 31 nothing. New Orleans is just too good. You're not going to be able to overcome that. You were really hoping if they could have gotten a touchdown late in the first half when it was 21 nothing, 28 nothing, to at least get, seven points on the board maybe you can do something in the second half but it never it never materialized and so now will the, the concern has been all week will this have a carryover effect will they will they somehow not snap out of it I, I am not of that belief i believe they will snap out of it no mccaffrey for the panthers for this week i think it's wrong place wrong time for them even though the bucks are on the road they will be back. They will look good
3: this way. So let me ask you why this performance against the Saints like this. And we saw the Saints beat them in, in the opener. Uh, so a lot of people are thinking, well, hey, the Saints just have the Bucks number. But break this down. Why this performance and how this performance. And I say how because, again, never in the, in the ball game just obliterated.
1: You keep belaboring this. I mean, we're on to Thursday, and I thought I was going to be past this. This no, is like uh, a better child. My guys right
3: wanted now. me to call you on on Monday and Tuesday, but we can't get you in. So we have to get all the all these shots okay. in. Now. And they're not shots. Please. And, no, I really want to know because, again, a lot of people were blown away. That entire Sunday night crew, they all did their predictions, and it was bucks, 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 right. bucks. No, no, right. and I'm not. I'm being very serious here because it caught a lot of people by surprise that how – you know that Brady and that Bucks offense could not garnish a first down on those first four possessions and then how dominant so that's all and then I'll get past it but I'm just really curious on what we heard what Bruce Arians had to say the next day but just in your opinion you cover this team and you know both these teams very well I mean it just seems strange that it was so one-sided so I'm just wondering how and why this happened.
1: I think one thing you come back to is you could not get a first down, and you could not run the ball, and then you abandon the run. I mean, they they ran the ball four times, four, for the entire game. That was a franchise low. Yeah, for eight yards. And that's saying something. Even in all of the horrible years of Buccaneer football, they never had a game where they completely abandoned the run like what they did on Sunday night. So that was part of it. And again, I think another part of it is they psychologically got demoralized once it became 21 nothing and then eventually 28 nothing because Breeze was picking them apart and they didn't do anything to change the dynamic. Didn't, didn't blitz enough, didn't knock him down, didn't get to him. And it was, uh, it it was just rough, rough to, rough to endure, uh, there on Sunday. But I, I think again, you look at it as. That's an aberration. That's not something. The, the previous six weeks, offensively, you had been dynamite for much of of, of those uh, games, and you had a five and one record. So that's uh, that's what I think you come back to. Brady had a seventeen to one touchdown to interception ratio in those six games when you went five and one, and he ended up with three picks the other night. I mean, and it just kind of shows you how the night went that they had a perfect screenplay set up. It should have, could have, woulda. The game's like fourteen nothing or whatever it was. They got a perfect screen with blockers set up. That's going to be a thirty yard gain, a twenty or thirty yard gain. And the and the defensive lineman uh, Marcus Davenport, the former number one pick for the Saints, deflects the ball right into the hands of one of his teammates on the screen pass at the defensive line, and it's an interception. And the Saints were in the end zone like two plays later. And that I mean at that point it was almost wave the white flag. That kind of night.
0: By the way, I want to throw this in, too. When TC says, we want to get our shots in, I think he means he wants to get his <laughs> shots in. Wrong just, just to, Wrong just yeah, to clarify in, that. I want to but, yeah. but when it does, Thank
3: you for the English lesson. But it when
0: it does come to Tampa Bay and New Orleans, they both look like they're going to be going to the playoffs this year. At least they certainly have the talent that they should be. How important is it to try to win that division? Because certainly the Saints have the leg up on that right now at this point. And we know that home field's not what it used to be. But nobody wants to go on the road and have to play potentially the Green Bays or Seattle or something with the weather conditions and everything else out there. So how much could they look back in the rearview mirror and go, that game wasn't just kind of a a bad game for us. But in the long run, it really could it it hurt even more than we're looking at right now just from a one-game standpoint?
1: Is that supposed to make me feel better, VGK, Frank? Come on. (laughs) No, I'm I'm, I'm trying to put it nicely, but... You you did put it nicely, and the reality is that probably cost you the division because you're now a game and a half behind. Now, you can't say for good because New Orleans could still lose a couple of games. Realistically right now, Buccaneers, seven games remaining, six and three, probably going to be an 11-win team. Is 11-5 and good enough? to beat the Saints because you don't have the head-to-head anymore. They do. So you got to have the Saints have only 10 wins if you only get to 11 yourself. So I don't know that the division is still that realistic, so you may be on the road week week one. So it was big the other night. Then again, all right, let's play out hypotheticals. If something happens to Drew Brees and there are still questions about his shoulder, despite the Bucks not testing him the other night, if he's not able to play and they go to Jameis Winston and they lose a couple of games – and they do finish ten and six. You now have a chance to win the division, and maybe you get the home game uh, right off the bat. So we'll see. We'll we'll see how the division plays out. But with seven games to go, that will be a long shot. And of course, it could all get jumbled if we if we have more COVID nineteen problems, games getting postponed, and we're trying to do the make up games, and we decide to increase the playoffs. Which the owners were talking about that this week. Are they going to increase the playoffs? to eight teams per conference eight in the nfc eight in the afc then everybody's playing week one and obviously four teams are going to be on the road and who knows at that point what the playoffs look like we'll see
3: all right tj reeves joins us, buck sideline guy and uh, will not we will not allow him to enjoy his mcdonald's until after this interview <laughs>
1: it but, is not being eaten in the car which i am very proud of the entire crew they are resisting we are not yet back home but they are uh, resisting the drive-thru uh, That is the update
3: let him go all right so uh Bruce Arians, we heard his comments in the press conference the following day uh, about Brady. Of course, a lot of the national media made a big deal about this, saying Mike Williams was open. I'm paraphrasing here, but a lot of people took it that he was throwing Brady under the bus. Uh, you're there. Give us the, your take on those comments, and what has the response been?
1: Uh, the uh, overblown yeah. the the reality is they're on great terms it was a bad night and and he said on the post game with us buccaneers radio this was an awful performance and i take responsibility put it on me and my coaches we we were not nearly good enough to beat the new orleans saints tonight so he took blame right away on himself and I, I think people were looking to manufacture that in week one when the Bucks lost to the Saints. And then all of a sudden you start winning games, which they won six of the next eight games, then that all dies down. Your play shuts that up. So here we come back to if they come out Sunday smoking, and you saw this team firsthand in, in Allegiant Stadium back three weeks ago now, if they come out looking like that and put it on Carolina, then you shut everybody up with the whole conversation of, is there some somehow now a disconnect with Bruce Arians and with Tom Brady? There's not a disconnect. They just had a bad night the other night.
0: Okay, so bottom line, we know that uh, no team is as good as their best game or as bad as their worst game. We've seen them at their best against Green Bay. We've seen them at their worst against the Saints. Where is this team? How good are they?
1: I think they're eleven, 10 or 11 win good. I think they're playoff good. I have, I have stuck by that since the beginning of the year and even in the off season have said I believe that Brady makes this team into a 10- or 11-win team and a playoff team. I still believe that. And as long as he's healthy, I keep saying this when I come on with you guys, if his shoulder, his elbow holds up at 43 years of age and he can still swing it like what we've seen, there is no reason to believe, including when you get another couple of weeks here to get acclimated with Antonio Brown, that they aren't going to be ready to go starting with Carolina and uh, continuing on through. I mean, you've got some huge games. You've got a Monday night game with the Rams looming after Carolina. And then, oh, by the way, Mahomes and the Chiefs come to town in the very next game. So this will not be an easy stretch here over the course of the next couple of games uh, after the Carolina game. But I I still firmly believe defense is good. They are much better than what they showed the other night. That's uh, that's the disappointing thing. Uh, and I, I think you will see that here in the coming weeks that the defense will be back to making plays.
3: Yeah, and, in all seriousness, and we see this in sports where a team as good as Tampa Bay and other teams they have mulligans like this. It just again, you know, wrong place, wrong night, that sort of thing. And I agree with you. I think we're going to see the best of the Bucks when they play Carolina. I think it's a bad spot for Carolina, especially with McCaffrey out. And I expect the Bucks to shine. And for our Las Vegas people, expect them to cover this Sunday as well. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. And Wayne Larravee said it himself when we had him on last hour, TJ. We asked him basically, you know, the teams to to watch out for, the teams to beat in the NFC, and he put Tampa Bay at the very, very top for the same reasons you said, that defense, and uh, obviously, you know, they, they look really rock solid. They may not have – uh you know win the division but when it's all said and done if brady stays healthy yes I, I i think the bucks are you know they could even be better than seattle just because you know their defense is better than seattle's
0: yeah absolutely Yeah,
1: russell wilson's been fantastic but you're right they don't stop anybody i mean they made josh allen look like a hall of fame quarterback last week in buffalo that's the that's one of the best passing games he's had in his three years in buffalo so uh, yeah, Seattle's got to be a concern with defense. Uh, you know, Arizona, again, can light it up, but they're not great defensively. Look at what Tua did to them last week. So uh, it will be interesting here to watch this unfold over the course of the last month because Green Bay going to be one of the favorites, and Frank brought up a great point. He knows them from all the days uh, in the old NFC Central, what's now the NFC North, that you're going to have to play in the elements if you go to play you know, Green Bay in December or go to play them in January in the playoffs, and the Saints want no part of that, the Bucs want no part of that, if you're getting, I mean, Arizona wants no part of that, to go play Green Bay outside. No thank you.
0: You mentioned Antonio Brown. Do you expect his role to expand now as the weeks come on, and are we going to see more of him this week than we did in that initial game?
1: Well, that's the, that's the big thing. I mean, and he played a bunch in the game last week, and, and they, they targeted him uh, a couple of times early on in the game, trying to get the deep ball to him on the second drive of the game, and that's a ball that I'm sure Brady would love to have back because he did not throw it. This is a 7 nothing game where they had gotten a fumble. He didn't throw it out in front of Antonio Brown where he could go run, get it, and, and it would have been a 95-yard touchdown potentially uh, had he been able to haul it in. The belief is it, 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 he will gel, it will be better, but I don't know. I Honestly, on a Thursday afternoon here uh, on the T.C. Martin Show in Vegas, I don't know how this ends with Antonio uh, Brown and whether or not uh, he does gel and whether or not it, it does end up benefiting the Bucs. Uh, we will see. But he, he's definitely explosive. He will definitely be a great speed decoy to open other guys up. That are around him because he's going to clear out a couple of defenders that have to go with him. So that that's uh, that's another part of the Bucks' arsenal here.
3: All right, my man. We will let you go. Have that soggy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> quarter pounder with cheese or whatever in the heck yes. you're diving in there uh, I know the the. Missing...
1: I have no chance at the fries now because they made it inside about four minutes ago and I guarantee you the fries are gone so that is... That is that's done your fault over. why, you, why, you,
3: why you, you don't schedule an interview around the dinner hour you have dinner after the interview, you know that this, this, this... We
1: were plotting this, I kept saying to them I have Las Vegas radio at 6 <laughs> Eastern at 3 o'clock their time, I said it eight times if I said it once and <laughs> <laughs> we end up doing the show in part from the McDonald's drive-through. Welcome to the Reeves' life here. Hey, we survived a tropical storm last night. You're taking two-hand swings at a guy whose family and whose area had a tropical storm come through last night. We survived that, and now we're trying to get a little food, and we're being belittled. By the, by the doctor on a Thursday
0: afternoon and, and, and by the way once again in your defense you expected the drive-through to take longer because McDonald's was actually more <laughs> ex, expeditious than normally that's why it cost you the fries
1: that's right I think that's a great point that you make they were much more efficient tonight that's why you got Frank there and, and let me you tell you me.
0: you're not really
3: missing anything with those fries those fries are overrated they're not the same fries they were years ago remember that my right. friend so remember that they're, they're pretty good, they, they're pretty good. good. oh jeez that's they're pretty it good. okay well we'll go enjoy my friend we we appreciate you and uh remember the good news is you got out of soccer practice tonight. All right, you got hurricane down. True. So that was good.
1: Soccer practice would have probably killed this interview as well, but it got <laughs> rained out by the tropical storm. And the best news of all, the Bucks game with Carolina does not start 38-3. to <laughs> As it ended last week, it starts 0-0.
0: Yeah, time. and if you think the, so- the the fries were soggy, the soccer field even soggier right now. Yeah, there you go. There
1: you go. <laughs>
0: all right, my friend.
3: Go enjoy. We'll talk to you later. And, and the best to the misses and the twins. And, and tell yes, them, tell them was, seriously, thank
1: you. She was definitely torn talking to you versus the drive through driver, a drive through worker. Unfortunately, the drive through worker had the food, so she won out over you, but be well,
3: Michael. Yeah, tell, tell her thank you for being a good sport. I appreciate that.
0: By the way, they you look go. for that video to go a viral where the uh, person's doing live interview in Vegas radio while going through the drive through at Manhattan <laughs> in Tampa. <laughs> and that might be on the Three Dog Thursday <laughs> podcast. You
1: never know. All right. It could be. The three Dollar Thursday podcast that is out right now because after all, it is Thursday. Boom. And we talk underdogs on that show. Be well.
3: All right, brother. Take care. There he is. TJ Reeves, our Buck Sideline Guy. He's a great follower on Twitter at Buck Sideline Guy as well, too.
0: Sideline guy, drive through guy. Exactly. He covers it all. <laughs> he does cover <laughs> it all.
3: Uh, I don't think I've ever done a interview at a drive at least not at that place. I'm just
0: I will say this. Yeah. Kudos to his cell phone because it was a very clean yeah, it was. connection in that for going through a drive through And we really didn't hear that ancillary noise in the background and that kind of stuff. So good job there because you, sometimes you can get a guy on a cell phone in one place and it sounds like garbage. He was driving in a place that just had a hurricane basically going through it with all yeah. the bad weather and through the drive through with kids in the back seat and still heard every word crystal clear. Good job on that. Probably unlike our next guest.
3: <laughs> Our next guest You don't know What you're going to get With his cell phone And, and yeah. that sort of thing So there you go But uh, Yeah Was he using A Bluetooth you think It didn't sound like It did it Or well, he
0: he had The right etiquette To,
3: have, to hold the phone well, To he the said ear was,
0: He said it was On voicemail So that wouldn't Be a voicemail voice No I mean Not voicemail The, um, <laughs> the speaker phone Because he, he said That you and the missus That's how The oh, family on heard Oh speaker So yeah so that wouldn't be Bluetooth, but I i mean, I always use my Bluetooth. Yeah, but never use a Bluetooth for an interview because
3: it wouldn't sound that good.
0: Well, yeah, probably no, not. So, not yeah, so that. he was probably on speakerphone. There you go. All right, there you have it.
3: All right, when we come back, we'll talk to the big seven-footer, a little NBA, and all kinds of other nonsense. Probably some arguments will ensue, probably some laughs. Uh, and a new poll. Oh, yes, a new Cartwright family contest that I'm not partaking in. Okay, he's going to be upset with me, but I'm not partaking in this subject matter, so... I, I'm sure we will get into that. Maybe you
0: should read up on it and find out more information. <laughs>
3: Thursday afternoon, T.C. Martin Show. Hi, this is Bill beer and you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. One, two, three, four. Get up. Get on up. Get up. Get on up. Stay on the scene. Get on up. Like a sex machine. Get on up. All right. Get up. Get on up. Nunchuck being up, very, very funny there playing a Bill Lambeer rejoiner when we have another Bill joining us. Our regular family member here, the big seven-footer, gets ready to join us right here, right now. In the middle, in San Francisco seven, one, Bill Cartwright. So, what do you think there, seven-footer? Uh, Numbchuck goes and plays a Bill Lambeer rejoiner as you come on, I think he's trying to stir something up here. What's your what's your thoughts on that?
2: Well, there's one or two things. Either he's trying to stir something up or he's extraordinarily confused. <laughs> and survey
3: says... I'm going to go confused, Frank. What do you think? I'm going to go both. He's going to go both. <laughs> <laughs> survey says...
0: <laughs> it's all of the above.
3: <laughs> it's all of the above. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I can't even get a sounder in here right now. Geez. Mm. No, I, I, I'm going to go with the ding on that one. Instead, he wants to play Liberty Balance. He, he might have been buzzing himself. Yeah,
0: exactly.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nunchuck, what was wow. it? You were trying to, you were trying to get a, a rise out of the seven-footer, weren't you?
0: Weren't you? I was trying to have a little fun. You were trying to have a little fun? A little fun.
3: Uh, Bill, did he succeed in that?
2: No, actually, see, he doesn't know that I don't really have any heat. Towards Bill Lane Beer. As a matter of fact, Bill Lane Beer. We uh, came out of school at the same time. Uh, I went to the Don's. He went to Notre Dame. You know, that's uh, his loss. <laughs> and uh, you know, I mean, he, uh, he, beat, he he had a great career. You know, very fortunate played for the uh, Pistons and, uh, and and did really well. Uh, so I don't I don't really have that anger. I think maybe if I you know you drug in a couple of my teammates. Uh, maybe they could find some anger for you, but I I, I don't really have that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so in in the future, uh, you you really are going to have to do better.
3: Yeah. See them there because uh, and you're in agreement to go out and have some scotch and some cigars with lamb beer as well too. Right. Next time you come to town, I have I, I have no issues if if he's uh, having some scotch and cigars, we're we're on the same page. There, there it is exactly. So who had the higher GPA? Uh, you know, coming out of high school.
2: Uh I'm gonna leave that alone. <laughs> uh I was I was pretty uh I was pretty fine going with uh anywhere I really I wanted to go. I d I, I can't speak for him, so um, even though I think you have the answer to that. So
3: we'll <laughs> do you all I know is you guys went to two fine collegiate institutions, two fine private school institutions. There you go.
2: Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I get on those guys all the time because there's a lot of envy. Those guys are, uh, if, if you've gone to Notre Dame, those guys are really bonded uh, they uh, they do a great job of staying in touch, which is really kind of irritating, but uh, I some other friends of mine who went to Notre Dame and uh, seemingly they're pretty great guys. So, yeah, I'm okay with it.
3: There you go. Love uh, both campuses. There you go. Alright, Big Bill Cartwright joining us. Bill, we were talking earlier today about Tony La Russa getting the job with the White Sox and Jerry Reinsdorf basically said, hey, he felt bad about letting La Russa go when you know back in 1986, and now you have uh, you know controversy with this hiring, so to speak, with Reinsdorf getting uh, not Reinsdorf with uh, Larusa getting a, a DUI and that sort of thing, and the White Sox come out today are saying that you know hey we're going to let this thing uh, it play out. Uh, really don't want to talk to you so much about that, but just more a lot along the lines of, of Jerry Reinsdorf because what we were talking about today was you know it's very rare that you have an owner. Who has owned, you know, multiple sports teams in the Chicago White Sox, Major League Baseball, of course, owner of the Chicago Bulls as well too, and I can't think of another guy who has maybe been involved in so much. I don't want to say controversy, but just talk about some questionable hirings and firings. And you obviously know Jerry Reinstorf very well, playing with the Bulls and even coached under the Bulls. Uh, just, just give us some thoughts uh, about Reinsdorf and, and some of the moves that he's made. Uh, you know, on on both on both fronts with the White Sox and the Bulls.
2: Well, I like Jerry. You know, and I, and I think the big thing that you really have to really like and admire about this guy is that his intent is 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 to win and, and, and to win big. So he he holds himself and others around him uh, accountable to uh, to those levels. And, uh, and 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 let's face it, doing what he has done, uh, winning championships with uh, you know the Bulls and the White Sox is pretty is pretty remarkable, especially with the Bulls because of the run that we've had. And uh, so, uh, you know, I I really admire that. You know the. the Fact that he's able to do that now. That happened in basketball also because you got to remember Jerry Sloan was there, uh, coach of the Bulls, and and he let him go as well. Right. So it's so it's timing. Uh, you know, you've got to be able to hold people to uh, a high level, and it's it's a really tough decision. So uh, you got to be able to move off of it, uh, right or wrong, and go with what you believe. So. Um you know, when you when when you win when you win everything is great, but when you when you don't, uh, you're you're kinda crappy. So it's uh, and you gotta remember too, Jerry is really a baseball guy. He loves baseball. Uh, so like I said for, for him to be able to accomplish what he's accomplished in his life, two sports championships. uh, uh, I I, I think he's done extraordinarily well.
0: You mentioned the fact that he's more of a baseball guy. So as somebody up in the front office there, was he more hands-on in baseball and a little bit more hands-off in basketball and maybe let Jerry Krause take over all the personnel choices and other things?
2: Well, I think ultimately, you know, he will make the uh, final decision, but, uh, I think his uh, his his real love, his passion, is is baseball. Um, you know, he's not the only guy. Remember, my first sport is baseball. Um, it's just it's just kind of gets in your blood. So uh, you know, I, I wish I owned a team, but uh, um, but uh, that's his uh, his first love, first passion, and uh, um, what he really loves.
3: All right, Big Bill Cartwright uh, joins us. Talking about uh, Jerry Reinsdorf and the Bulls and the White Sox. Let's uh, move on and let's talk uh, a little NBA here. You know, we've got a draft coming up here, and when we look at you know, the the potential top picks here, not a lot of household names. And I think uh, you know, w- with a lot of people, they use March Madness uh, is looking at okay p- potential guys to get familiar with. Uh, especially people who don't follow college basketball. And, of course, we were taken away with COVID situation and not having that, uh, you know, this, this past <laughs> March. But it just seems like a, a different draft. Of course, the draft usually takes place in June, and now here we are uh, in November around Thanksgiving, you know, having a draft here. Uh, give me some thoughts on this. When you look at this draft class and look at the timing of all this, how strange is this?
2: I think it's only strange because we have not been able to watch the guys play. But it's but if you are able to examine the draft and look at the players and go back and and do your homework, I think it's going to be the exact same draft uh, where there's going to be you're going to hear a lot about all these guys who are really good, and you're going to hear guys use words like this guy is ready to play right away. And then you're going to ask me that again, and I'm going to tell you, no, he's not ready to play right away unless they, unless they go to a bad team that hasn't made the playoffs to be able to get those minutes. Those are still young guys. Those are still guys who are going to take time, take, going to take a, a couple of years to get acclimated to the league uh, and each other's teammates. So, um, We had this same discussion last year where we talked about Zion. They came out of school. Uh, Is he ready to play? Uh, And the answer is uh, maybe offensively, maybe yes. Defensively, no chance. So uh, I I think uh, I have not really examined the draft yet, but in just predicting the normal draft, there's going to be probably some great talent but they're not going to be NBA ready.
0: I know you mentioned that you haven't had a chance to go deep into the draft and do a lot of looking into it, but every time you turn on a show that's talking about it, it seems like everybody seems enamored with LaMelo Ball, and it seems to be the consensus that he's going to be the number one pick out there. I know he just did his first workout with Minnesota. I think that's the first thing that he allowed uh, to invite him in to do a workout. Is it a no-brainer that he's number one, or is it could anything happen come the draft, especially this draft, like you mentioned, where people haven't seen the tournaments and other things that have happened that we normally do?
2: Well, I, I think that if you have Minnesota saying they're going to take this kid and they really like him and everybody else saying, yeah, we love this kid, we love his talent, we love his level, we love what he can do, uh, we're going to take him. We're probably going to take him, but... Uh, Uh, You know the draft is uh, is always unpredictable. You know guys are going to slide two, three, four. Who knows eight spots? Depending on the need of of that organization. So yeah, you you just watch it. You look at it. uh, And like I said, you know Minnesota, whoever they get, they're going to get a really good player. But you're probably getting them ready for the uh, for their next team. (laughs) Right, right, and again,
3: you mentioned Lamelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, the guard from Georgia. Uh, he's going to go probably one or two, and then you know we had the kid James Wiseman, who you know went to Memphis. It, it's just it's strange. We know that the the draft gets younger and younger, and you know we, it still is very European based as well too. But there, right. there are not those marquee college stars. And it's kind of been dwindling the last couple of years because, again, you know, you know the one and dones and that situation kind of a little bit got away from that a little bit. But but these are guys that that a lot of people just aren't familiar with, and it, it, it's it's younger and younger and younger. And I'm just wondering, Bill, nowadays, what is the best way to build a team? Is it still through the draft? Because you know, of course, there's only you know two rounds of the NBA draft, but only 12 roster spots. But we're seeing more and more teams, I think, really put more attention to the, the free agency and go with that. Today, we're hearing again that, okay, Russell Westbrook and James Harden are talking about maybe opting out or want trades in Houston because of everything that's turned around there. No uh, DeAntoni anymore, and then Maury's gone, you know, their GM. So uh, what is the best way to build a team right now in today's modern NBA?
2: I'm still a big believer in the draft. I'm a big believer in uh, uh, getting getting young players and then adding veteran players to that. Um, but you got to be smart. You got to get guys who still and and I know people don't like to talk about it. You still got to get position players. You still need defenders on the floor. You still need ball handlers on the floor. And you know you talk about. Uh, You know, the situation that happened in Houston where you have two guys who want to dominate the ball. Um, You know, to me, if you're playing that style of basketball, you're probably not going to win anyway. And you've got to be able to develop a mentality. So unless they um, have a a coach, uh, a GM coach, so, as a clear understanding of what kind of team you're going to have, and then you have players, you are your drafted players to fit that mold of whatever team you're going to have. Whether you're going to have a scoring team, you're going to have a defensive team, you're going to have an up-tempo team. Um, that's what sports is all about, and we've talked about that before. To where we talked about identifying teams for who they who they've been in the past. With Golden State, Lakers, Clippers, uh, Denver, um, Phoenix, those are all up-tempo teams. So if you, if I'm in Detroit, if I'm in Chicago, if I'm in Philly, um, those are all defensive teams first. So you have got to be able to identify that team. Identify who you are. That's what the draft's all about. So if you're telling me I'm just taking the best player, um, well, that best that best player better fit your mole. So if, if it doesn't, nah, I don't know. I don't th- I don't think they have a the chance of
3: winning. All right, breaking news here: getting news that the Los Angeles Lakers have announced they will have no fans. For this entire basketball season, uh, give me some thoughts here, Bill. Is it kind of
2: early to be making this call here? Uh, I don't think I'm gonna. I know anybody that would be happy with that news, right? Um, and I think it's more the why. And that's a good question. Why are you making that decision now? And why is it? Is that just for California, or is that for everybody uh, in the NBA? And isn't it strange? Why wouldn't that be a league announcement? Right. Why is that Why is that a Lakers announcement? Just that in itself has got to be bizarre.
3: No, that's why I bring it up. It's it's very strange to have an organization say that. And like you said, this comes on the heels. As you know, California is going in another shutdown where restaurants are, are now shutting down again, uh, indoor dining, uh, um, and now Nevada is talking about doing the exact same thing here. And we know that there's been a lot of talk as we brace for winter that, you know, the COVID numbers are going to be up and we see them rising. Uh, it's interesting to see, is this just a California thing? Is this a team-by-team team thing? But, yeah, we expect the NBA to, to make a formal announcement, but the Lakers seem to be jumping the gun. I don't know why you would need to make that announcement now when, you know, we're still a ways away from opening night. Yeah.
2: You know, I don't know. That's uh, you better get on the horn and, uh, and 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 talk to somebody. That that may not be appropriate.
0: I know. I had heard last night that uh, the Lakers had said that for the start of the season, but now apparently maybe they've gone it, and maybe they're just making that announcement, figuring that if things do clear up and that things can get a little bit better that then they can amend it and they can say, now we're going to start allowing fans too. I mean, I would guess that at some point they want to, but you mentioned how you you wonder how it would be a league-wide thing. Well, we know that, uh, you know, in a lot of the other sports, I mean, there is a certain thing. Some places allow fans in the NFL, some don't in that. So maybe it is a team-by-team thing or a state-by-state with what the governor and the mandates and everything is because it seems like everybody's making up the rules as they go along these days.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that that's something we're just going to have to wait on and find out. Because and you're absolutely correct every every state is every state's different. Even the state, different counties have different rules. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting.
3: All right, my friend. Uh, the Cartwright family contest going on this week. Uh, you want to tell everyone uh, what this is? Is this another barn burner? This
2: is going to be our greatest contest we have ever had. All right. What is now? This is going to kill you.
3: Okay, I'm sure. What
2: is the greatest book of all time?
3: The greatest book of all time. Book um, of all. Books. Yeah, you're killing me. I'm a non-participant in this. A book. Book. Wow. Where, where is your audience here? But you're killing your challenge. audience. Take the challenge. What is this? Is are we in the library here? There we go. Are we. Where are we at here? We Shay well, Paul well, maybe, in, in well, Chicago.
2: Maybe, well, maybe, That's what this music maybe sounds back, like. Let football on your back. <laughs> Somebody, quick, get him a book.
3: Wow, a book. I the see. greatest book uh, of all time. Do newspapers count? No. Do sports sections count? No.
0: <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, I'm done. I'm out. I'm, I'm boycotting this one. Frank, what do you got? There, there's so many books that come to my mind because one thing a lot of people see a movie and they think, Oh yeah, I, I I haven't read the book but I saw the movie and a lot of times it's completely different. Yes. If you read The Godfather as good as the movie is, the book is better. So you can get a lot more out of books sometimes. I would go completely off the course where most people wouldn't think of, where the book was so much better than the movie because I thought the movie was garbage. Basketball diaries, the story of Jim Carroll is absolutely fantastic and interesting. You know, some people might say, like, the good book, the Bible, something like sure. that. I would think that's a little, I would be a little more creative and say, I mean, there's so many books that I've enjoyed in my life. Uh, I am third, the autobiography of Gail Sayers. Incredible, incredible right. book. Again, even better than Brian's song, as good as Brian's song was. So, Bill, I wonder how many people are going to uh, cast votes in this
3: sports category in your family there? None. None, exactly. uh, We're going to go to Kill a Mockingbird and stuff like that is what we're going to get, right?
2: How about about Moby Dick's?
3: I have no comment about that. I'm not a book reader. How about about books like The
2: Great
3: Gatsby? That's a pretty good movie, Robert Redford. How about Gulliver's Travel? That was a cartoon, Frank and I, and you. We used to watch that back in the day, Gulliver's Travels. That was outstanding. Are you kidding me? On, give me some Gulliver's Travels you, music. You never, you never read the book?
0: No, I saw the TV show every Saturday morning. What are you talking about? It was fantastic. Did, did you have books that you had to read when you went to school? We had, did, were you one of those guys that just read the, the back page liner and then yeah. the preface for it and said, oh, yeah, I can write a book report on this. But were you my, were you my classmate? How would you know that? Because a, cause a lot of my classmates did that. There you go. See? <laughs> I was
2: involved in some other no, things. Now, no, look, no, look we, we knew you were a good Catholic boy. At least you read the Bible. Yes. At least you that. I, right I, I, I would put the Bible so you in you got what? Yeah. So you got what?
3: Yeah. Frank, gives, sorry, gives he, me some, he gives me some good sports books there. I got to go with that. Exactly. Is this Gulliver? Like Gulliver. Bill, you got to love this. Flashback. Flashback to your days in Elk Grove <laughs> as you're getting ready to go to school or your Saturday mornings. Hey. Past the Raisin Brand. There you go. And watching your Gulliver's Travels. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go Gulliver's Travels, Frank. Put that in there. Just, oh, I won't.
0: Yeah. <laughs> How can you pick a book you didn't read?
3: <laughs> this is killing. Who came up with this? You did not come up with this one, Mr. Intellect. You did not come up with this category. That'd be Mrs. Cartwright. I guarantee you that.
0: Or, or half of your sisters. So, I'm surprised you didn't ask you if comic books count in, like, Captain America I've never been, volume 4 I've or nev- something. I've never been know. a
3: Quentin Tarantino
2: uh, comic book guy. Never that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Most people have read you know, a, a handful of books. At least try to pick those up. All right. Give, uh, what, what is
3: yours? Give us your, your your top five. Help us out here. I told you.
2: We all, I only announced... Oh, jeez on friday now we see that every single time you, you're really confused i understand that but our
3: audience isn't privy to your your private emails and stuff so you can you can tell us they're all dying to know what bill cartwright likes to read what did bill cartwright read on those those plane trips going from chicago to utah while michael and the gang were were playing playing cards what was bill cartwright reading there you go. Put it like well, that. Well,
2: okay. I'll give you a book for that when I was a kid. We used to read um, Uncle Barry Finn, of course, every kid. Okay. <laughs> now, did you read a little Hutch Finn?
3: Uh, I think I, I, I saw
0: the TV show. Oh, Lord. Hey, hey, Bill, uh, there was all the stories that Phil Jackson used to give books to players to read when they were going on road trips and that. Did he give you any books to read or something like that, or did you already have your own stash of what you like to read?
2: He gave them, but uh, I like autobiographies. I was into that then, so no, his books were terrible.
3: (laughs) You you want to learn about Zen, none of that kind of stuff? Meditation? That would have been fine. That would have been interesting. Yeah. What kind of books yeah. was Phil passing out, though? It was, uh, what, some 18th century stuff?
2: I think he wanted to connect with whoever he thought they were interested in. So um, I'm not, I would say there was maybe, maybe Steve Gar or Joe Bush to write a book. I would say that's
3: about it. And, and Dennis
0: Rodman was reading magazines, probably, right? Um, probably looking at them. Yeah. I
2: probably think you know which magazine. <laughs> I think he
0: actually said once said <laughs> Phil did give him a comic book once. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> now it might have been in jest, but
3: all right, my yeah, man. man. <laughs> yes, the Bible would be number one. No, no, no question about that.
2: There you go. All right, I don't know. I don't know. The Bible should probably be number one, but right now yeah.
3: it's not. It's it's To Kill a Mockingbird. Everyone loves that book. Great book. There you go. You read good that book. one, Frank? Yes. There you go. Of course. Yes. Everything. All right, my man. We'll let you go. Have a good one. We'll catch you on the rebound. Enjoy uh, oh, okay. root for your Cowboys this weekend.
2: They need it. Yeah, they, they do need it. And somebody give TC a book, please. Just give him one short book. Hey,
3: you know who gave me a book? Our, our guy, Randy Lurch, and he gave it to Frank, too. I've been reading Randy I'm Lurch's good. book. There you go. That's a good one. Yeah, okay. That counts. Okay. That's good right. Fun. It's
0: a good read. All right. I
3: like it. All right, brother. Randy's
2: to have Randy send be a book and autograph it.
3: Did, well, we did that. Yeah, you, you want one? We'll get you. will get, get you one too. You actually read that, huh? I do. I Done. Would. Done. Done. He's got. He's got a great story. Done. There it is. Done. There you go. All right, my man. Take care. We'll catch you later. All right. All right. Adios. There you go. I want to thank Wayne Larrivee for joining us today. TJ Reeves, the big seven footer, Big Bill Cartwright, Ballpark Frank. Tomorrow we are at the Cosmopolitan. Jay Schrader will join us with our best bets.
0: Yeah, and if you're looking for a book that is totally that most people don't know about, The Minds of Billy Billy, phenomenal read. Look at that. Phenomenal. Miss
3: any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. We'll see you tomorrow, 2 o'clock, at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas.